0: Are you wearing a parachute? If a stewardess or on an airplane handed you a backpack and said, would you mind wearing this on your flight? You might say, and reasonably so, no thank you. That would be uncomfortable. But what if she forced you to wear the backpack? Well. You're probably not going to be very happy. You'll probably be wiggly and, uh, and, and grumpy and, and just not doing very well. Now, what if she handed you a parachute and says, the plane is about to explode? Would you wear the parachute? You would probably find it quite comfortable or at least comforting, knowing that you had a way to save yourself because the plane is about to explode. In the same way, people try on religion, hoping for the comfort that comes with it, but we find out that religion is not always very comfortable. We lose our job because we won't cheat somebody even though the boss says we need to. The preacher is not good, as good as the one on TV. I, don't, I know you don't have that problem. Your personal time is afflicted. Why are you still laughing at the last one there? <laughs> Your personal time is afflicted because you need to help Mrs. Jones when you'd rather be playing golf. This religion is not as comfortable as you believed. But the reality is, the Christian life does not use a lumpy backpack. But we have something that's comfortable in the same in the way that it is comforting like a pillow. We have the only chance to be saved. And that is in essence according to the slide wearing Jesus as your parachute. The lesson is called What Makes a Strong Christian. And the first point is Christ. First and foremost, Christ is what is going to make you a strong Christian. He is truly our parachute pack. Because he has our only chance. He is our only chance to survive in this world. Now the world needs to know this truth, according to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. If we were in a plane, you would want that parachute with you always. And the world is like that plane that is about to crash. But Christians need to be reminded Continually, sometimes that we have put him on. So don't take it off and fall back into worldliness. Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized in Christ have what? Put on Christ. We've put him on. You see, the world desires to sink us in the depths of the greatest oceans. When we jump out of that plane, do we fall down into the water quickly as if we have rocks in our pants? Or do we have a parachute that guides us in and safely brings us into safety? In salvation, Romans chapter 13 verses 13 through 14. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarrelling and jealousy, but again, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and na- make no provisions to satisfy, or for the flesh, to gratify its desires. Sounds like Paul was listening in a Bible class this morning in, and when he wrote Romans. You see, we put Christ on when? In baptism. So we need to live as Christians in a way that shows we have not taken him off that's what helps make a christian strong second point partnership since we are constantly tempted i am everybody here tempted yes i can see it. i know you don't even have to admit it we need each other to make us stronger Christians. Christians are tempted why? Because we still have worldly desires. James chapter 1 verse 14. To deny that understanding is to deny our need for Jesus because we still have worldly desires. But having each other Can help us be stronger Christians. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 18. Do we not have Jesus with us in the body? He's the head of the body, but he's also our friend, our brother, our Savior. A fellow human being who understands us, he has been tempted in every way like we are. So he's there in our partnership. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of what? Gentleness. Galatians 6.1 You see, Christ helps us. Now, I'm not saying that we are in a 50-50 relationship with Him because He is our Savior, He is our Lord, but He is constant in presence with us. His Holy Spirit is, His truth, His love, His discipline. He is our parachute. Not the one sitting next to us when we fly the plane. But the one who saves us because we are going to crash. You see, it's all Him. And our choice to be led by Him in all things Kind of goes back to last week's lesson dealing with the shepherd and the sheep and any other lesson you might have studied. What did Jesus say? My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they what? Follow me. Kind of the idea of walking by the Spirit, right? Following him. John chapter 10 verse 27. He spoke this way to his initial disciples, and the same to us. Follow me. I will lead you, and you're all my sheep. You're all partners together in this walk that I have for you. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there my servant will also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. John chapter 12, verse 26. But other Christians help us as well, and we should utilize them. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Right after Peter's sermon and their decision to choose Christ, what does that passage bring up? Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. And what? The fellowship. To the breaking of bread and the prayers. They understood right away that their relationship with Christ had made them partners. There to help each other help each other grow, help each other through the difficulties, help each other through means, prayers, hugs, at the loss of a loved one. 1 John 1, verse 7 says this, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have what? Fellowship with one another, And the blood of Jesus continually cleanses us from all our sins. Fellowship is important, partnership is important. What makes us a strong Christian? Well, first and foremost, it's Christ. And then, believe it or not, it's each other. Because Christians aren't meant to be an island. We need each other to grow, to live, to follow God. The words of Christ are also important in making us a strong Christian. And we have so many more things that help us become a strong Christian, but those things written down from God... It's like gold. What is that in settings of silver? Your words? It's precious. It's helpful. It's beautiful. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me, Paul says, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 13 You see, the Holy Spirit is in us, so let's keep the sound doctrine. Why? Because He wants us to walk by the Spirit. We need to follow the Spirit. How the Spirit wants us to live and to grow. What are the good things from God? What's the pattern He wants for the body, for the family, for the self, for our growth? It comes from God. It comes from His written word. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, what do we do? Guard the good deposit that has been entrusted to us. 2 Timothy 1.14 And if you're guarding it, you're watching it. It's right there in your vision. I don't want to go that way because this is the way that the Holy Spirit wants me to go. This is the way I'm going to walk. Not that way. That way. The Word also teaches us to put on a new self. And this comes out of Colossians chapter 3, basically what Christian read this morning. And I won't go through all those in detail except to say this. Chapter 3, verses 1-4 through brings up the idea that you were raised with Christ. And because we've been raised with Christ, what are we to seek? Worldly pleasures? Worldly desires? Or the things that are above? The things that it should be in our visual? Where Christ is? Seated at the right hand of God. Colossians 3, 5 through 9 says this Have you put to death what is earthly in you? Sounds like it's supposed to be a permanent thing. If you do that, guess what? you will become a stronger Christian because if you put to death the things that are of a worldly desire, our personal passions, then all we're going to see is what Christ wants for us through the Holy Spirit, through His written Word. Will that make you a stronger Christian? see... Do you have a new self on? Well, you do when you're baptized into Christ, a new self. But according to chapter 3, verse 10, are you continually renewing your new self in God's knowledge? You see, becoming a stronger Christian doesn't mean that I will never have problems. It doesn't mean that I will never have issues in life, a tragedy, the loss of a loved one. It doesn't mean any of that. What it does mean is that I can rely on those who are in the body to help me. And I can rely on God to take care of the big picture. And if I can do that, do you think that will bring you more peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control? Doesn't sound like a lot of the worldliness we're taught out there, is it? To rely on God and not on ourselves. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Unless you are walking by the Spirit. Guided by Christ. Following His pattern. Learning to live the way He wants us to do and trusting in Him. If we're not doing that then it doesn't make sense to the world. Who thinks it's a constant battle? I do. Very good, thank you. It's a constant battle. But it's not a battle we should give in and follow the path over here. We need to follow His path constantly, daily, Taking up your cross daily and follow him. You remember Jesus saying that? Take up your cross, oh, just once? No, daily. Daily and follow me. Galatians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17, and I'll close on that. Galatians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. To give a human example, brothers, even with the man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say unto Abraham's offspring, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ. That was supposed to be Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. Let me just go there and then we'll be finished. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 17. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, Now, does that teach us in any way about our personal desires? Or does it teach us about putting on everything that we are given from God? How do you make a strong Christian? You let God direct the path. And you stick to it. If there's anybody here this morning who has any...